It's Thursday, July 2nd. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. With me today, our man in Florida, Dan Klein. Good to see you. Hey there, Chris. Nice to see you. I was uh, warming up in the bullpen, waiting for the call. I've always appreciated it. Uh, we're going to talk restaurants. We're going to dig into the business of sports. We will also dip into the full mailbag. We got to start though with Tesla because Tesla's second quarter earnings report is scheduled for late July, but shares are up more than 6% today after Tesla said it delivered more than 90,000 vehicles in the second quarter. Analysts had been expecting around 72,000, so this is on a percentage basis a, a pretty rock-solid beat in terms of deliveries. Chris, I don't want to be the uh, the dour guy when it comes to Tesla. But notice they reported deliveries. They do not report sales. They don't really define what a delivery is. Did they just bring them someplace? I understand the optimism at this, but I will I will point out as the resident Tesla bear, and there are not many of them, that they're never entirely honest with their financials. And I'm not saying they're lying. They delivered 92,000 vehicles. What we don't know is what that means, and words matter. If they sold 92,000 vehicles, they would tell us that, uh, or at least they would give us some indication of that. I worry about this a little bit. This is a company that plays a lot of financial word games. And they were pushing and hinting all week at Elon Musk. You know, people quote leaked emails where he was encouraging everybody to work around the clock to get these vehicles out. Chris, who's buying a Tesla right now? Like, I am very skeptical of a company whose $35,000 car starts at $42,000 that a lot of people are like, you know what I needed a pandemic? A $42,000 car that's a base model. Yeah, I've been saying for a while uh, that uh, I would not right now want to be in the business of selling men's suits, and I would not want to be in the business of selling new cars, uh, just because there are so many options uh, for people in terms of vehicles. And when you're locked down, you're not spending nearly what you used to spend uh, on gas. And so, you know, look, Tesla and the vehicles they sell are always going to have um, uh, some chunk of people who are interested and they think, you know, that's that's the one I want. Um, but the sort of the, uh, the non-electric vehicle, the quote-unquote the gas guzzlers, they're not guzzling as much gas anymore. <laughs> I, I, I think I said this before on this show. I filled up my minivan and that tank of gas lasted me six weeks. So... Um, it, it will be interesting to see in three weeks when they come out with their second quarter report what those numbers look like. And I will also point out that this is the year that Elon Musk said we're gonna we're gonna crank out five hundred thousand cars. Um, by my math, with half the year to go, they still have more than three hundred thousand they need to move. So I just want to jump in with one thing. Tesla is now worth more than Walt Disney, a company that owns Star Wars and the Avengers and Pixar and the most popular theme parks. And it's worth more than Coca-Cola, a company that owns Coca-Cola. This is a little overvalued, no matter, even if they hit that 500,000, you are buying on the promise of like 2035. This seems really, really I yeah I, I don't none of the words I could use here are appropriate so I'm not going to use them. Well, I was going to say the stock is hitting an all time high today, so this is um, you know as as is usually the case with Tesla, it's going to be interesting to watch. 
it's just going to be interesting to watch in three weeks when they come out with earnings and then sort of what they're able to do um, in terms of the second half of the year. And, you know, say what you want about Elon Musk. He's, he's usually on the conference call. A lot of CEOs, they decide to skip the conference call. Um, that's probably uh, for the better in, in some cases. Um, so the questions that he gets in three weeks, that'll be interesting to see. Uh, let's move on to restaurants because McDonald's is hitting the pause button on its plan to reopen restaurants for dine-in service in the U.S. This is a three-week, I don't want to say hiatus, but they've basically hit the pause button for three weeks and they're saying, we're going to reevaluate in three weeks. About 15% of restaurants in the U.S. are currently open for dine-in service and the company has said that if states allow it, those franchisees can continue uh, to operate uh, with dine-in service. But uh, given the rise in cases that we've seen over the last couple of weeks, Dan, this, this just seems like a smart move. This wasn't a hard decision because, Chris, uh, I'm not a big McDonald's fan, but my son is. But nobody ever says, you know what I miss about McDonald's? Sitting in their store. I really, that is a great dining experience. I love being there. The, uh, I mean, if you have a little kid and they have a play area, that might be the exception, but nobody's going into a play area right now. Basically, you can get McDonald's through drive-thru, eat in your car, and that's probably what you were doing anyway, or it doesn't really diminish the experience. So I think it's a tough call for Starbucks to keep its dining rooms closed, because for a lot of people, the Starbucks experience is about sitting in a Starbucks. For McDonald's, I don't think this changes anything. As long as their drive throughs are open, as long as you can get the food, they've done well through the pandemic. I'm guessing they're going to continue to do well. And now they don't have the hassle of all the extra steps of fighting with people about masks and cleaning the tables. And hey, they don't have to clean their bathrooms as often. They are they are saving money here. I think this was a no-brainer. You don't want to cause a, a new spike because people were eating at a McDonald's when they could just as easily get it through the drive through and it's also a, a reminder of the investments that McDonald's has made in digital ordering uh, over the past couple of years, particularly those kiosks uh, that they've increasingly put in their restaurants. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is not, you know, and it's not like the stock is getting hit uh, as a result of this. I mean, this, uh, the, as you said, this seems like a little bit of a no-brainer, and and they're set up for it in, you know, in a way that Starbucks really isn't set up, certainly from a drive-through standpoint, not nearly to the degree uh, that McDonald's is. Starbucks did an excellent pivot in that both of these companies had made the technology uh, investments. So you already had the Starbucks app. You already had the McDonald's app that lent to ordering. McDonald's has at most locations always, or at least recently, in recent years, offered curbside pickup in addition to drive through There's designated spaces, so they had two ways you could do it. Many Starbucks do have a drive through but the ones that don't took them a little while to figure out a system for curbside pickup, but they already had the technology in place. Both of these companies have a reasonable chance of being at pre-pandemic sales levels in a pandemic world. Some of the day parts have shifted. You're not seeing the morning business. Uh, McDonald's maybe isn't selling as much breakfast at 7 a.m. There's probably a big run on breakfast sandwiches at 10.30 a.m. like in the old days. Uh, same thing with Starbucks. If we don't have to go to work, there's no reason to go to Starbucks at 7 a.m., but we might go. I know when I'm done with this show, Chris, and I have an hour in between episodes, I'm probably going to run over to Starbucks and get some coffee. 
Major League Baseball resumes in a month. Uh, the stands will be empty, but that doesn't mean you can't still get your face on TV. The San Francisco Giants and the Oakland A's have started selling cardboard cutouts that fans can buy and put a photo of themselves on, and that will be in the stands. And when you sent me this story, Dan, just looking at the headline of it, sort of that first paragraph, I was like, "What? are you kidding? Like, who's doing this? Uh, apparently, a lot of people are doing this. If the, if we're to take, for example, the Oakland A's at their word, uh, they say they've already got, you know, they've already sold over a thousand of these things. Chris, I think this is smart. And I know, uh, you know, we've talked about my brother, who's a sports executive. There's a ton of innovation coming out from the world of sports that I wish I could share. This seems a little silly. I remember the old days, the original American Gladiators, before anyone knew the show, they actually had fake people in the audience. They were they were faceless cardboard cutouts because it looked good on television. It didn't, but they, they thought it did. Um, Look, I would do this. Wouldn't it be kind of cool to tune into a Red Sox game and you and I are sitting there like, you know, in cardboard cutout form? I kind of think that would be fun. If the price is reasonable, I would go for it. I would also say here in Miami, uh, if they sold a thousand of those, that would be more than they sell tickets for games that don't involve the Yankees or Red Sox. So, you know, this is innovation. Sorry, dig at the dig at the Miami fans here. Um, this is definitely one of those scenarios where I want to see every method possible for sports team to maintain revenue. If that means advertising on jerseys, if that, if that means cardboard cutouts, if that means saying happy birthday Chris Hill between the 7th and 8th inning the way a minor league team would do it, uh, and that's literally something they sell in minor league games, I'm all in favor of it because, look, a lot of people depend on these industries. And I'm not talking about the players. Your guy who makes $20 million is going to be fine. Your guy who makes $500,000, he will probably still be okay too. But a lot of these teams are still paying their workers, their stadium workers, their minor league staffs that aren't working right now, their scouts. I want those people to keep their jobs selfishly because I want sports to come back normal at some point. So right now, sell anything you can. And if it's, if it's cardboard cutouts, sign me up. If the price is reasonable, I'll buy one. I absolutely give them points for creativity on this one, but I can't help but think that, look, if you're, if you're, if it's you and me, and uh, we say, and the Red Sox do this, and we say we're going to do this, what are we going to do? We're going to get uh, photos, sort of blow up photos of ourselves with Red Sox gear on and a big <laughs> smile on our face, and I, I can't help think that. Look, they're not going to win every game, and so then it's you know they're, they're, it's, it's the third inning. They're down nine to nothing, and then you cut to the the fans at the home game, and it's like oh, everybody's got a smile on their face. It's just that that sort of weirdness is is oddly compelling to me. But like you, I I, I, I give them points for creativity, and uh, and uh, I hope it works for them. So, Chris, that's how we get screen time. We'll be the ones looking upset. So when something goes bad, we could have the Every Red Sox fan until they won the World Series look where you go to the game fully <laughs> expecting when they're up like 11 to 1 that they're somehow going to lose 12, 12 to 11. Uh, I can muster that piece of Red Sox history if necessary. Our email address is marketfoolery at fool.com. Got an email from Nick Kralchik in Florida. He writes, I'm a big fan of the show and listen daily. Thank you for that, Nick. I was reading through General Mills' transcript and found a quote from their CEO that you may find uh, interesting. Uh, And I'll just add parenthetically, General Mills, probably best known for 
uh, the cereals uh, that they have, the various cereal lines, breakfast cereals. But uh, they they own a number of other food brands, including Hagen Dazs. And here's the quote from the CEO that Nick found. Uh, it's the CEO saying, um, "With Hagen Dazs, our newest global." Don't Hold Back campaign is designed to encourage consumers to create a new kind of extraordinary moment by letting go and being truly present while enjoying the premium quality of haagen ice cream. <laughs> and then Nick adds, I hope this gives you a laugh. Thank you for the daily podcast. Uh, you're welcome, and thank you for this, Nick. Holy cow. I mean... I, I I I read a story in Ad Age that you know I was like, well, what is this campaign? And this was a campaign, a marketing campaign, don't hold back, that was in the works before the pandemic. But that quote from the CEO is just bananas. That's so that's so uh, like disconnected from what is happening in the world right now. Chris, it's uh, it's steering into the curve a little bit. I think we've all had that night or maybe two nights during the pandemic. And, you know, I know you're a runner. You know I'm, I'm working really hard uh, in the gym trying to, to get into some semblance of shape. But I think we've all had that night where we've gone and said, you know what? This is terrible. I've been stuck at home. I'm tired of everybody. Uh, I'm just getting a pizza with all the toppings tonight. Like I, I, I am not cooking that salmon that's in the fridge that's good for me. Uh, I am going to, and this is kind of Hagenas giving you that permission, but there's no context to it. They're not saying like every now and then you deserve a treat. They're basically saying, "Hey, America." Give up and eat a pint of Haagen-Dazs every day. That is, this could have been done in a fun and playful way, uh, you know, with their cereals. Sometimes you just need an old friend, and Tony the Tiger's on the couch with you, uh, you know, and Toucan Sam, and and, and you're you're eating your cereal, uh, you know, or. You know, hey, you know, you put up with a lot of stress, and it shows like the mom dealing with with the distance learning and 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 the all the other things we have to do in addition to working. And then they show the Hagen Dazs. You know, you deserve a little treat. This isn't a little treat. This is basically like give up, put your sweatpants on, and eat a pint of ice cream. Yeah, I mean, there've certainly been plenty of large companies that have very adeptly changed the tone of their television advertising. And making it um, sort of a, a reaching out type of message where they say, look, we, we know this is a tough time. We're going to be there for you, whether we are you know, uh, IBM or a logistics, whatever it is. Um, to your point, yeah, Haagen-Dazs could have gone that route too, where they just said, look, sometimes you just need to inhale a pint of ice cream. And you know what? We're going to be there for you. We're gonna be like, what? Just lean into that. But now it's yeah. This is just a word salad that really, really seems off the mark. It's just a little tone deaf. I mean, it's basically like like you know, running a an ad for liquor, being like, "Hey, you're not driving. Drink a bottle." Like that is not good. That is not good advice. Like you know, I get it. We all should indulge. I mentioned I'm going to go grab some Starbucks between shows. I'm also going to be careful in what I get because I don't usually get Starbucks in the middle of the day. So I'm not going to have a Frappuccino. Uh, I'm going to have a better coffee that I could get in my office and feel like I've done something nice for myself. Fools, treat yourself well. This is hard on everybody, even Chris and I who get to do this uh, and see our friends and talk to you know the, the full nation out there. It's hard. But don't let your indulgence set you back. Like, you know, we all have our, our weaknesses and our cheat days. You don't want to come out of this pandemic having to be moved around on a pallet. Like, that is, that is not a good situation. Yeah. And also for, you know, 
for anyone, I, I, I won't speak for anyone else. I just know that in those moments of weakness for me, I know exactly what I'm doing. I know, you know, and and what I'm doing is it's just like, look, I'm just I'm just gonna put this pint of ice cream away. I'm gonna eat this entire frozen pizza after I heat it up. It has nothing to do with being truly present. It's like, no, this is just, you know, this is the end of a bad day and I just need to eat my feelings. I go back to the old McDonald's slogan, you deserve a break today. We all deserve a break. And Chris, I love that you gave the added context that you would heat the pizza as <laughs> if we would have considered that you are sitting there in your pajamas at two in the morning eating a frozen pizza that's still frozen. I'd never want to assume. Never want to assume. I don't Dan, think that's possible. Dan Klein, always good talking to you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Rick Engdahl. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. Have a safe and fun Independence Day weekend, and we'll see you on Monday. <laughs>